my gosh, everyone. Welcome to the podcast after the broadcast. I am obsessed with this song again. <laughs> I've been dancing all day. We talked about it while we were live on the air on the broadcast. And Jill Lane and I were chatting so much that we couldn't get to all the content. And so we decided to do a podcast after the broadcast while she's still here in studio with me. Uh, our topic today with Jill Lane was the bugs within you, what your gut microbiome says about your health. So uh, of those of you maybe not familiar with Jill Lane, uh, maybe listening to the podcast for the broadcast or the show for the first time, Jill Lane is a pro athlete, health and nutrition coach and founder of Fueling Champions, which is a three-step sports performance and athletic nutrition program built to maximize the potential of student athletes and the parents that support them. She's been on the show from the very beginning of One Life Radio, and I absolutely love this woman. You can find her on Instagram at Team Fueling Champions or her website, fuelingchampions.org. Okay, Jill, as I said, we've, you know, we've been on the air together for a very long time, and we talk about gut health and the microbiome a lot on this show because it is so important. And for many people, though, including doctors, uh, the concept and its connection to our, our health is still very new to them. So let's start with the basics. Let's start with the microbiome, what it means, and how the microbiome starts to develop in the human body. Well, let's first dissect. First of all, thank you for having me. This is my first podcast after the broadcast. I feel like we have to draw the drapes and like turn the lights down. I know. Down well, I might do get, that. Like, really deep we can, discussion well, here, but I can, love it. Thank you can, for having me. Yeah, no, I love it. And we can we can actually, um, we can swear. <laughs> I can say the word shit. I feel like I always need a podcast after the broadcast. So I can't freaking get through all my context. No, I'm trying to spit out so many things and my mind goes one way because I want to tell people something else I'm really excited about. So... You know, I'm working on it. Thank yeah. you. You've always given me a place to have training wheels to uh, get really clear and concise about the information we're trying to put out so people can actually do something with yeah. it. Well, I got my training wheels the same day you did. So yeah. <laughs> I don't think it might have come off the bike yet, but I'm working on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> but this is a such, it's such an important subject. It really is. We're joking around about it. But this is a very, very important subject for your overall health. And um, there's a lot that we need to know. So, so where does it start? Where does it start to develop? Well, here's the deal. The microbiome, let's just dissect the word. Micro means small and biome is a collection of living things. So a small group of living things is what the microbiome is. And in the in the case of the human microbiome, this small group of living things, and by small, I don't mean a number. I mean, they're just tiny organisms. We call them microbiota or the microbes living in our gut. They, on some estimates, triple the amount of cells that we have in the body, meaning we have triple the amount of bugs living in our gut than we have cells that make up the human body. That's mm-hmm. how many bugs are living in our gut. And they're mostly good bugs because, or we want them to be, because they work symbiotically with us. We kind of trade off duties with them. They do things for us that we really need for our health. And it all starts when we're born. It actually, our moms, if we're born vaginally, are past some of their microbiota to us and it gets all over our body and Mm -hmm. makes us slippery and starts to inoculate us with our first kind of gut bugs when we're born. And so, but we babies born with C-section actually lose out on some of that. Mm-hmm. And then we are transferred more of the gut microbiome um, biota bugs from breastfeeding, which is why that's so right. critical. It's so important we know to the immune system, especially the first three months. The baby doesn't have its own immune system for the first three months, which is, which is where, um, which is why breastfeeding is really critical during that mm-hmm. time. You know what I just thought of that I have never really thought about this. Um, I, well, I maybe thought about it, but never talked about it live on the, during the broadcast. So when the baby is passing through the vagina, what if it has the strep B and then they they give you that antibiotic to basically cleanse your vagina of all bad bacteria? They take the good bacteria with it, too. So how does that work? 
I would imagine it negatively negatively affects the microbiome the microbiome and so you know i think you know there might be some colonies that are lost out on i don't know i mean if it's it's working that quickly on the strep b then it's working that quickly unless it's specific which most antibiotics aren't so specific to one strain Mm -hmm. that's why antibiotics are so problematic they wipe Mm -hmm. out everything it's like an atomic bomb and you know one day it'd be great if we get to the point in medicine with you know our technology and dna that we can give a antibiotic that's specific to a DNA of a certain microbiota. And actually, one thing I want to say about the microbiome, it's actually a collection of not just the gut bugs, but their genes, genes with a G. And that's really where the science is in the gut microbiome right now, which is understanding, okay, we have these bugs in our gut, but these bugs have genes. And their genes are really important to our health, their health, and what they do in our body. And right. so because these bugs are part of our living being, right. our food affects these genes. I mean, in fact, we've talked about sucralose and how bad it is for your health. Well, how part of the reason why it's bad for you is because it changes the genes, not our genes, the genes of the gut bugs we have. And then that's problematic to, you know, potentially overeating and all sorts of other things. And so the food we eat can affect the genes of the things living inside the, us, which is kind of mind-blowing wow, to it think is. about. It is. It's, it's, it's hard to wrap your brain around, but it actually just goes back to why gut health is so crucial to long-term and acute health mm-hmm. for kids and adults. Yeah. I, do, I don't think a lot of people know, and it, that's one of the reasons what we do is so important. You know, we've been on the air eight years now. And, uh, you know, Diamond, when you first started with the show, did you know a lot about the gut microbiome, or have we educated you a lot and shocked you with some of the stuff that we've put out. No, you guys have educated me so much. I tell both of you all the time that I knew nothing about a microbiome. I'm still learning. I learned a lot today. So the more information that's digestible like this really helps a lot of us to just try to eat healthy food and stay away from the processed stuff. Yeah. And you, okay. So that's a great segue to what I want to bring up the healthy food, you know, um, Sun Warrior is one of our sponsors. um, And so they have this new soil based probiotic. Um, to help the gut microbiome. Um, and I think that's so interesting because on the cover of another one of our sponsors, the Wellbeing Journal, Natural Under Natural Antibiotics, they talk about, you know, the power of things like spinach and basil and tarragon mm-hmm. and uh, thyme, rosemary, oregano, dill, parsley, cor- uh, coriander. These are all plants. Yep. Okay. That come from the earth with the soil. And so there's a connection to that as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, plants, I mean, we could go so many places with this. So first, we'll talk about plants and we'll circle back to the probiotics. So first, a number one best thing you can do for your gut is eat a crap ton of plants from vegetables to herbs and spices like you just talked about to some low fiber, to some high fiber, low fructose fruits, like lots and lots of plants, because that is the fuel for these bugs in our gut. It's the technical term is called a prebiotic. It's mm-hmm. their food. And then the cool thing about some of these herbs and spices you talked about is they actually have components within them that was part of the way they were made that if um, like how some of them are antibacterial, for instance, is that they have um, enzymatic reactions. Like if you accidentally step on an herb, there's something that the herb might make, like in the fact of garlic, it's called allicillin that helps then 
prevent the garlic from growing mold on it. So it's a self-protection to the plant. But when we eat those things, we get some of those benefits too, which is why we get some of the, um, some of them are kind of quote unquote natural antimicrobial agents. I don't like to limit it to just antibacterial because many of them are super um, helpful for viruses and fungus as well. Wow. So I'm reading here too. I mean, it says, and it, so they're talking about um, all these different, um, you know, all these different plants. And they say that in, in addition to the skin, the primary sphere of operation for tea tree, for example, it, uh, is the digestive tract, whether it concerns illness of the upper tract, like canker sores, gingivitis, uh, dental, dental abscesses, uh, or the middle, intestinal parasites, or lower tract, bacterial, parasitical, or candidia, engendered enterocolitis. But it always says that things like tea tree always perform great service. And uh, the active properties of tea tree are various kinds of terpenes that are found in essential oil, a broad spectrum antibacterial. It's also effective against viruses, parasites, and fungi. It stimulates the immune system, including the production of antibodies, um, IgA, which prevent germs from penetrating deeper into the body. Again, so the reason I'm bringing this up is because it's all connected, isn't it? It's yeah. so connected. I mean, again, these things help keep balance, for lack of a better word, in our microbiome. And the balance there should be that there's more, quote unquote, good bugs than bad bugs. There's always going to be a little bit of bad bugs. So if we're eating fruits and vegetables, we're naturally getting exposed to this stuff. You know, back in the day when we all used to be able to play outside as kids in the dirt and people weren't afraid of getting their, letting their kids get really dirty, they're getting exposed to this dirt, which is important for your immune mm-hmm. system and right. your gut. There's some microbial exchange that's actually right. Happening, happening there. We even think that microbes exchange DNA and yeah. genes, which is crazy. And so we need that inoculation. It's good for our immune system. 75% of our immune system resides within the activity of our gut microbiome. Yeah. And if we're not exposing ourselves to germs, we think we're over-sterilized, then it actually isn't doing us a favor for our, our immune system right. and our overall health. It needs to be tested. It needs to be built. It needs to be strong. And the only way to do that is, is to be exposed to bad germs and let the good germs build, like you said, from many different sources, all different types of microbes or probiotics. Yeah, Help I mean, me have, have your kids play out in the, you know, cl- you know, climbing trees and stuff like that. I feel like it doesn't exist anymore. I was at the park with my kids a few days ago, and I looked into, there was a backyard that faced the park, and some kids were climbing a tree in that backyard, and it was like as if I hadn't seen that for years. I'm like, because when the kids are in the tree, they're getting exposed to, it could be a fungus, there could be a, a mushroom growing in the grass, mm-hmm. you know, we're so afraid of things, but, you know, some of the stuff that's in the grass and all of that, you know, is good for us, you know, as long as you have a healthy immune system mm-hmm. as it is. You know, some people who have a, a weakened immune system who are really susceptible to, you know, getting sick every time they're exposed to something, you know, that should be A, number a red flag. But B, you know, they can't do stuff like that because they get sick so often. If you get sick a lot, that's a red flag. Something is wrong and it starts in your gut 99% mm-hmm. of the time. It's so interesting. What are some of the crazy statistics out there and what we can do to take care of our gut microbiome? Well, they say up to 15% of people, that's general population U.S., has some has something called irritable bowel syndrome, which just means, you know, you have a lot of wow. stomach pain and discomfort, gas bloating, and it may or may not come with diarrhea or constipation. And they think those numbers are actually low because people are too embarrassed to talk right. to their doctor or anybody else about it. Well, case in point, while we were doing the broadcast, you talked about the story where you were caught short on time with your family. You needed to feed the kids to get them to bed so they could go to school. You found yourself vulnerable. You went through a drive-thru um, and got 
got, I'm what, you got like burgers and fries? Yep. And, yep, burgers and fries. Came home, ate them. The next day, everybody felt like total crap. Yeah. Total crap. And there is a connection to what you put in your belly and how it affects your overall health. My husband and I felt literally hungover. Like we had been at the bar all night. And then my oldest son had such a bad stomach ache and stomach pain that I thought about not sending him to school. But I knew it was from the food. So it was like drink right. a lot of water. He had a quote unquote clean breakfast. I said, give it a couple hours. And then we had this awkward conversation with, not awkward because I've had it with my older kids, but with my youngest who's seven in first grade about oh, the yeah, chemicals she- in the food. And she stopped and I could see her brain wheels turning. And she's mm-hmm. like, they put chemicals in the food? They don't put chemicals in the food. And then we had to have a discussion about, well, yeah, actually they do. They put chemicals in the food to yeah. make you feel like you like the food better. Things like MSG, they put chemicals in the food to replace real food. Right. So they, their money goes longer because wow. it's not all maybe meat or it's not real. You know, there's high fructose corn syrup and the ketchup that was on the burger or the fries were fried in trans fats or, you know, on and on mm-hmm. and on. All these things are chemicals that make you feel sick. Yeah. And you know what? And it's, it's about better. It's about better choices. So I have to give a shout out for, um, and they're not paying for this. I just love this brand, Primal Kitchen. Um, I, they have a ketchup that has no sugar in yeah. it. It's a spicy ketchup. It's to die for, you guys. I love their guys. salad dressing, I too. love ketchup. I love it. I don't want to give it up. So I finally um, tried this new, um, you know, sugar-free, and mm-hmm. it was fabulous. And there was another one, too. I think it, the, the brand name was something like something really funny, like Good Ketchup. Mm. And it's sugar-free, too. Don't let it scare you. It's incredibly tasty, incredibly good. It actually tastes better than regular ketchup, in my opinion. Yeah, and, well, when it comes to the gut bugs, one of the... You know, one of the top things that that negatively impacts your gut microbiome is overconsumption of sugar. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, fruit juice, which everybody wants to say is healthy to condiments like ketchup or, of course, breads and cakes and cookies and processed foods, you know, junk foods like the baked chips we were talking mm-hmm. about earlier on the show. That kind of stuff. The, the data has shown that change in your diet, whether you're eating more junk food or more plants, can change the, the makeup of your microbiota in 24 hours. Wow. Within one day. And so the good news is we can be empowered to say, you know what, if I start eating more vegetables today, which is the A number one thing you can mm-hmm. do that's beneficial to like your gut health, you will immediately start to have benefit in your gut microbiome. And the biggest thing with our gut microbiome is we need a lot of bugs, different kinds of bugs. Mm-hmm. It's called diversity. Yeah. We're for diversity in the world and in our gut micro- right. microbiome. We want a lot of different kinds of bugs in the right amounts. And well, so that's what plants help with. Yeah. No, and the sugar thing, um, and I know we're all guilty of it. Um, I, I love sugar. Diamond loves sugar. Everybody yeah, loves a little sweet. time to time. Of course, of course. But, you know, as you said, you know, that the number one way to improve your gut microbiome is to cut out the sugar, add more vegetables. It goes on to say that, um, and I was reading this just a second ago, uh, fast digesting sugars uh, when consumed uh, when con- when consumed actually starve your beneficial bacteria while feeding things like candida. Yeah. That's right, because our beneficial bacteria actually ferment fiber, which are longer chains, harder to break down structures of carbohydrate. They actually um, work on breaking those down, and then they produce something called short-chain fatty acids from the breakdown of those carbohydrates, which are critical to colon health. I mean, they're a key part in preventing colon cancer. And so that's that's how vegetables equal better, you know, um, reduced risk for cancer, because the gut microbiome does some business with them, produces something that then our colon cells use for fuel to keep them healthy. It's just this beautiful symbiotic relationship. But if it goes out of kilter, our joints suffer, our cancer risk suffers, inflammation suffers, our brain health suffers, our weight can suffer. I mean, so many things can suffer. So I think 
the first place any practitioner should start if someone comes to you and they're not well is asking questions about their gut health. Mm-hmm. But I, they I know never that's do. where I start. I'm just a nutritionist. Right, right. You know, do you have regular bowel movements? Are they do they are they hard to come out or mm-hmm. are, do, are they would you describe them more as diarrhea? Do you have gas bloating or indigestion? Do you know when's the last time you had a stomach ache? You know, just some basic questions mm-hmm. to get to, to break the ice and to kind of, you know, you can yeah. make joke of it like yeah, I do just to kind of like, hey, yeah. I'm going to ask you a lot about your poop. It's cool. Like I have little kids. We talk about poop a lot. Yeah. You know, just kind of, you know, let's everybody exhale a little bit. But if, if you don't know about the, the gut health of your um, clients or patients or if you're a patient that's really suffering, especially with autoimmune disease, hormone issues, weight issues, and you have something going on with your gut and it's not been addressed by your physician. And I'm not talking about they gave you a medication. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about lifestyle stuff right. like eating more vegetables, exercising, drinking more water, taking less antibiotics, eating less sugar. If that kind of stuff hasn't happened, you are missing a major, major component of being well and staying well. Well, it's it's all interesting, and it and it's uh, it's costly. Being being unhealthy is very, very costly. Yep. Um, and in uh, this this article, ten ways to improve the gut microbiome, it talks about fermented foods mm-hmm, mm-hmm. along with probiotics. Um, you know, and and some other things. And is does exercise affect? I never have asked. Yeah, exercise, exercise changes the, your gut microbiome. Really? Absolutely, it does. Oh my gosh! Yeah, even I mean, it's amazing. There's so many things we know now, just in the last five years, that we didn't know even ten or or uh, fifteen years ago. I mean. We think, you know, if you traumatic brain injury um, patients, the uh, the effect of a traumatic brain injury actually changes the gut microbiome. It's not the other way around. Exercise positively impacts the microbiota. I mean, because there's a hormone response that's happening in the body and our gut microbiota is very sensitive to that. Mm-hmm. 75%, I know we talked about this right again, but it's worth mentioning again, 75% of our immune system function lies in our gut. And so if your gut isn't well, it's really hard for the, your whole body to be well. Yeah. It's really well, hard. I, I, I just love all this. I love all this scientific talk. I'm reading here that having a pet can even greatly benefit your gut microbiome. You know why? It's like the dirt exposure. No wonder I'm so damn healthy. Yeah. I've got 21 animals in But you know what it goes back to? I mean, some of the data shows that kids that grow up having a pet have less allergies because they're exposed to other microbiomes or uh, microbes and microbiota on uh-huh. other things, and it it challenges their immune system in a good way. Yeah. So it's equivalent to it. playing out in the dirt. Yeah. You know, you're just getting exposed to other things, and that's a good thing for our gut microbiota. Well, okay, I, I just love this. Are you enjoying this too, Diamond? I um, I've I've even learned things today that we've never learned on the air before. Um, let's talk for a minute about intermittent fasting. Mm. Because it says here that that helps the gut microbiome. We'll, we'll end with that because that's such a popular uh, topic right now. Yeah, I mean, I think most people, what they think intermittent fasting is, is really what time-restricted feeding is, which is you close the kitchen down at 6 or 7 p.m. and you don't eat again till 8 or 9 or 10 the next morning. I think really what that does is it lets your microbiota rest. And I hate to say that, but while we're sleeping, we shouldn't be digesting food. We weren't mm-hmm. built to do that. Our mic- We should be in repair mode. And so if you have some time when you're not putting, shoveling more food into your mouth, your body actually gets to rest and repair and do go through its normal processes using autophagy and all those other things to kind of clean up all the, the, the bunk and broken cells and work on repairing itself. If you just keep shoveling food in your mouth, there's no time for repair. It's just dealing with everything that's coming in. And that's, well, yeah. that's another part of, you know, gut health of just, let's just stop eating so much well, darn food. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. Cause if you think about how important meditation, relaxation, sleep to let your body rest. Yep. That goes for your gut microbiome as well. Yep. It can never heal itself if it's constantly working. Makes right. perfect sense. Yeah, I mean, it, 
again, it's we just need a break. We have such an abundant, you know, we do have people in need in our communities, but in overall in in um, the U.S., it's an abundance. We have access to way more than we yeah. need, and we are suffering medically because of that. It's not the other way around. Yeah. We should be we should be healthier than anywhere else. And it's the, it's the antithesis. And it's because we just are sloth. We're, we're lazy and we're uh, taking in too much of the stuff that's, you know, not good for us. And, but if I could end on an encouraging note, it would be just changing what you eat today positively starts to impact your gut microbiome, which positively starts to impact your health. Eating more vegetables today, just start today. Start today. Um, and I'm going to end with this uh, this little piece that I picked up, the healing power of soil-based organisms. Uh, soil-based organisms have been proven to treat a wide variety of health conditions, including allergies, asthma, um, colitis, flatulence, uh, nausea, um, indigestion, irritable bowel syndrome, malabsorption, nutrient deficiency, autoimmune and inflammatory diseases, bacterial, fungal, and viral infections. And I highly recommend, uh, you said this, a variety of different probiotics. Uh, this new uh, probiotic that's soil-based by Sun Warrior and then Thorn Research Laboratories also has some great probiotics as well. So you need to mix them up, don't yep. you? Rotate it out. Maybe every couple months, rotate the one you're taking or take the one you have for three weeks and then stop taking it for a week. But all of those things it said, it listed, those are all the ailments of the digestive tract, which again... That's stuff that all right. drastically impacts your health. So if there's something going on with your gut and you're not dealing with it, it should be number one priority over anything else, over over hypertension medication, over weight loss, over anything. It's number one priority. I love it. Thank you so much, Jill Thank Lane. A big me. shout out to all of our sponsors, great companies like Sun Warrior, uh, the H Hemp Company, Paleo Magazine, the Wellbeing Journal, the International Society of Sports Nutrition. Uh, check out uh, this, these probiotics at sunwarrior.com. Uh, they're fantastic. I, 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 they're, they're sold out. You can't even it's get amazing. them right now. And of course, Thorn uh, Research, you can go to our dispensary on our website, oneliferadio.com to get 20% off always. So everyone, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, any feedback, you can uh, email us at info at oneliferadio.com. Everyone, thank you so much and have a fantastic day. Tell you.